Hello and welcome to Someday We'll All Be Dead, a podcast where we talk about all the things with a social work perspective. I'm your host, Hallie Harris, and I'm a hospice social worker. And today we're diving back into part two of Virus Panic, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution with my mom. So here we go. Yeah, this episode might be a little more boring or dry than you're used to, but hey, it's not about the virus and it's not the news. So what else are you going to do when you're in quarantine? All right, so let's move on. I want to hear the articles. I don't know what they are. Well, we're getting there. Uh, The Constitution. Yeah. So what do you think the Constitution is? It's outlines of how our government should work or our rights as a people. That's pretty good. It is that. I thought the Constitution was much more of a document like the Declaration of Independence. Like it was just a bunch of words. I didn't know it was an outline, Article 1, Section 1, blah, blah, blah. Oh. So See, even I knew that. You did know But that. I'm old. But, you know. And again, I think most people only know the first paragraph, or actually first really long sentence, <laughs> of the Constitution, which is, We the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, <laughs> provide for the common defense, Promote the general welfare <laughs> and secure the <coughs> blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. I think people probably don't even know that whole thing. No. But that is the first very long run on sentence of the constitution. Immediately it goes on to Article 1, Section 1. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in the uh, Congress of the United States, which shall consist of the Senate and the House of Representatives. Now, the Constitution, by the way, is not the Bill of Rights. No. The Bill of Rights is the first part of the amendment to the original Constitution. So, it's confusing because they're similar. And when we think of the Bill of Rights, we think it was original. But it's not. The Bill of Rights was the original amendments to the Constitution. So I just want to clarify that. There's amendments on amendments on amendments. Do you know how many amendments there are? I don't know. There are 27. Nice. Total. Nice. Okay. And there's going to be more. I hope so. <laughs> All right. So the House of... This is Section 2. The House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of several states, and the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for the electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. No person shall be a representative who who shall not have attained to the age of 25 years, have been seven years a citizen of the United States, and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of a state, that state, which shall be chosen. So, does that make sense? They have to be at least 25. Right, I got that part. They have to have lived in the United States for, for at least seven, seven years, years as a citizen. Right. And they have to have been an inhabitant of the state they're representing. Right. <clears throat> and that they can only... Not that they can only serve every two years, but they have to be elected every two years. So this is pretty early on that they're saying that there's these terms, but there's no limits, unfortunately. 
<clears throat> All right. Well, as long as they're reelected by the people, that's the whole thing. Because well, don't get me started on I gerrymandering know, and every other damn thing. I know, but it would set a term limit, basically, theoretically, if they didn't get voted in their next term. Right. That would end their term. That's true. Representatives and direct taxes shall be appoint apportioned among the several states, which may be included within this union, according to their representative numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years, and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. So, first of all, <laughs> so problematic, even though it doesn't sound like it. Native Americans are counted as three-fifths of a person. Mm -hmm. And it says, by adding to the number of free persons, including those bound to service. That means Military. white people that were bound to a term of service, indentured servants. So, immigrants that were white. But they could actually work to their freedom, whereas African Americans at some point, although some of them were indentured service in the beginning, once that whole thing was ratified, oh, no, black people aren't people and they're property. But it didn't say that in there. Not yet. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> the actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of the Congress of the United States and within every subsequent term of 10 years in such manner as they shall be as they shall by law direct the number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000 but each state shall have at least one representative and unless until such enumeration shall be made the state of new hampshire shall be entitled to choose 3 massachusetts 8 rhode island and province plantations 1 Connecticut 5, New York 6, New Jersey 4, Pennsylvania 8, Delaware 1, Maryland 6, Virginia 10, North Carolina 5, South Carolina 5, and Georgia 3. Did you have any idea in the Constitution that it specifically said how many representatives there were for each colony? I did not know that. No. <laughs> Neither did I. So the first one must have had a lot of people because for every 30,000 they had a representative. Yes, but it's not like if you did if you had only twenty thousand, you still get one representative. Correct, but they so must up have up to thirty thousand. Yeah. And who was that first state? Uh, well, the first one was Massachusetts, and that has eight. Yeah. So. So eight times thirty, at least. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> when vaccines happen, no. I wish it said vaccines. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I got viruses on my mind. When vacancies happen in the representation from any state, the executive authority thereof shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies. And that's, I'm assuming, in between electoral times. The House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and their other officers and shall have the sole power of impeachment. That is where that says that. Mm-hmm. So we heard a lot about that last year. Seems like a decade ago. Because February was five months long. I know. Section 3. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state, 
chosen by the legislature thereof for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. Immediately after, they shall be assembled in consequence of the first election. They shall be divided as equally as may be into three classes. The seats of the senators of the first class shall be vacated at the expiration of the second year, of the second class at the expiration of the fourth year, and of the first third class at the expiration of the sixth year, so that one third may be chosen every second year. Does that make sense? Mm-mm. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense. Because it seems like the same ones are in there all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me because it says three classes. So I'm assuming that means that not all of your senators are chosen in one year. Because well, what's three class? What is a class? What is that? I don't. Mean? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Immediately. No, I already read that. And if vacancies happen by resignation or otherwise during the recess of the legislature of any state, the executive thereof may make temporary appointments until the next meeting of the legislature, which shall then fill such vacancies. So, it seems like. Yeah, I don't understand what three classes mean. We're going to have to figure that out. Yeah. I want to know. I'll have to look it up. So what's the vice president do? Oh, we're not even near that yet. Oh, okay. Uh, no person shall be a senator who has not obtained the age of 30 years. So as of the House of Representatives, it's 25. Have been nine years a citizen instead of seven, like the representatives. And who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of that state for which he shall be chosen. So that's the same. Mm-hmm. You can't live in... Massachusetts and represent Washington State. Right. The vice president yeah. of the United States shall be the president of the Senate, but shall have no vote unless they be equally divided. And that's always been the case. Oh, he's a, the, the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker. Yeah. Which they wouldn't have to have if all of our poor little territories became states. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, Guam or Puerto Rico or... <laughs> Any other place where we push our rule over people but don't let them have a vote. Yeah. The Senate shall choose their other offices and also a president pro tempore in the absence of the vice president or when he shall exercise the office of president of the United States. So the Senate has to choose who the president of the Senate is if something happens to the president, like when Kennedy got shot. They would have had to pick someone to take over that spot. It's not supposed to be the vice president? No, the vice president, if the vice president has to be the president because something happens to oh, the president. Oh, I see. He has to be in interim. Yeah. Okay. They have to pick someone in the, yeah. in the in-between. The Senate shall have sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be an oath, on oath or affirmation. When the president of the United States is tried, the chief justice so shall preside, which happened before, Chief Roberts. Mm-hmm. And no person shall be convicted without the concurrence of two-thirds of the members present. So that's where all that came from. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than removal of the Oval Office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. I don't know what all that means. Section four. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives 
shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except to the places of choosing senators. That's interesting. Why would the Congress have anything to do with interfering with our elections? Well, it sounds like they have that ability. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine there'd be quite the uh, uprising if they tried that. But it could be an amendment in there about that. Maybe. <laughs> the Congress shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meetings shall be on the first Monday in December, unless they shall, by law, appoint a different day. Well... They barely meet when they're supposed to meet. Yeah, yeah. Section 5. <clears throat> Each house shall be the judge of the elections, returns, and qualifications of its own members. Yeah, I know. Holy crap. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a majority of each shall constitute a quorum to do business, but a smaller number may adjourn from day to day and be authorized to compel the attendance of absent members in such a manner and under such penalties as each house may provide. I guess that's where they get the rules of I don't have to ever be there. Each house may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members for disorderly behavior, and with the concurrence of two-thirds, expel the member. I didn't, don't think I knew that. I didn't know that either. Each house shall keep a journal of its proceedings and from time to time publish the same, accepting such parts they may in their judgment require secrecy, and the yeas and nays of the members of each house on any question shall at the desire of one-fifth of those present be entered into the journal. Neither, that's just transparency. It's pretty amazing that they were thinking about that back then. Yeah, all right. Neither house during a session of Congress shall, without consent of the other, adjourn for more than three days, or nor to any other place that is within the t that in which the two houses shall be sitting. I don't think they were thinking about it back then. I think what was happening is they had the Constitution from England, yeah, and they decided to change. They read it like we're reading this. And then, went, oh, no, we don't want that. Let's change that to this and wrote it in there. They made hmm. up their own rules. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about how it was written. I don't either. But they had to have some guideline. And I'm assuming it would be the guideline from where they came from that they didn't mm -hmm. like, so they wanted to change it. <laughs> Probably. Section 6. The senators and representatives shall each comp uh, receive a compensation for their services to be ascertained by law and to be paid out by the Treasury of the United States. They shall, <laughs> in all cases except treason, felony, and breach of the peace, be privileged from arrest during their attendance at a session of their representative house, and then going to and returning from the same or any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. Nor Senator... Or, no senator or representative shall, during the time for which he is elected, be appointed to any civil office under the authority of the United States, which shall have been created, or the emoluments whereof shall have been increased during such a time, and no person holding any office under the United States shall be a member of either house during his continuance of office. So this is basically saying you can only do one thing at a time. Okay. We're going to pause. i got to stand up or I won't be able to walk. <laughs> okay. All right. Where was I? Do you remember? 
Uh, Article 7. Article 7. Did I read that? Oh, yeah, I did. Article 6. Article 7. Any bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives, but the Senate may propose or concur with amendments as on other bills. Every bill which shall have passed in the House of Representatives and the Senate shall therefore shall before it become law be presented to the President of the United States. If he approve, he shall sign it. If he if not, he shall return it with his objections that the House to the House, which is man, this is like Schoolhouse Rock. Uh, I'm skipping over this part. If any bill shall not be returned to the president within 10 days, Sunday accepted, after it shall has been presented to him, the same law, like manner, if he is signed until Congress, blah, 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 cannot be a law. So if they take longer than 10 days to get it back to him after he's rejected it, they have to start all over. Every so if he, so if they make this, mm -hmm. he reads it. Well... It has to go through the house. Right. If it gets to the president uh -huh. and he reads it and decides uh -huh. he doesn't like some of it, mm -hmm. sends it back, mm -hmm. they then have the chance to change it mm -hmm. and send it back again. Yeah. But mostly they don't, so it's just they have to start all over. Mostly it never gets to the president. <laughs> I don't know that's true. <clears throat> Every order, resolution, or vote to which the concurrence of the Senate and the House of representatives may be necessary, except on the question of adjournment, shall be presented to the President of the United States, and before the same shall take effect, shall be approved by him, or be dis being disapproved by him, shall be repressed by two-thirds of the Senate and House, according to the rules and limitations prescribed in the case of a bill. I'm only a bill on Capitol Hill. <laughs> I have that DVD. All right, Section 8. God, this is a long constitution. Mm -hmm. Now I know why I never read it. I know why people don't read it. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposits, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and the general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposits, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. <laughs> False. <laughs> To borrow money on the credit of the United States, uh, to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. This is why they have the power. To establish a uniform rule of naturalization, to uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States, to coin money, regulate the value thereof and to, of foreign coin, and to fix, fix the standard of weights and measures. To provide the measurement on counterfeiting the securities and the coin of the United States. To establish post offices and post roads. To promote the Congress. Ow. Cat. To promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive rights to their respective writings and discoveries. That's like the patent office. To constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court, so all the other courts. To define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations. I didn't know that. Hmm. To declare war, grant letters of marquee and reprisal, and to make rules concerning captures on land and water. 
to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. That's weird. To provide and maintain a navy. That's probably because the British Navy kicked our ass. To make rules of government and regulation of the land and naval forces. To provide for calling forth the militia, execute the laws of the to execute the laws of the union, suppress insurrections, and repel invasions. That's interesting. To provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the union. So we can have our own militia. Well, that's part of the whole Second Amendment, but it's or, uh, it's just weird because. It just said have an army, but then it also says have a militia. Yeah. Interesting. That must be the National Guard. <laughs> Maybe. To provide for organizing, aiming, and disciplining the militia for the governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the United to the states respectively an appointment of the officers and authority of training of the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. To exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district, not exceeding 10 miles square, as may by secession of particular states and the acceptance of Congress <coughs> become the seat of government for the United States and to exercise authority over all places prescribed by the consent of the legislature of the states in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings, and to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution of foreign power, of foregoing powers, and all other powers vested by this constitution and the government of the United States or any department, in any department or officer thereof. That was a whole lot of words. Section 9, and we're still in Article 1 of the Constitution. And there are seven articles. What? Section 9. This is why nobody reads this shit. The, you have government scholars and Constitution scholars that know all this. And then when we need to know, then they call on them. Well, they called on them during the impeachment. Yeah. And both sides had two different stories of the Constitution. So they pick and choose what they want out of the Constitution. Sounds like the Bible. What fits their theory. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Section 9. The migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited <coughs> by the Congress prior to the year 1808. But a tax or duty may be imposed on such importation, not exceeding $10 for each person. So it costs $10 to immigrate and or probably to bring slaves over. <laughs> the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when the cases of rebellion or invasion of public safety may require it. The bill of attainer or ex post facto law shall be passed. No capitation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census 
or enumeration herein before directed to be taken. No tax or duty shall be laid on articles exported from any state. No preference shall be given by any regulation or commerce or revenue to the ports of one state over any other, nor shall vessels bound to or from one state be obliged to enter, clear, or pay duties to another. So we're continuing to control our state independence here. No money shall be drawn from the treasury, but in co consequence of appropriations made by law and the regular statement of account of the receipts of expenditures on all public money shall be published from time to time. Allegedly transparent. <laughs> no title of nobility shall be granted by the United States. No royalty, damn it. We're done with that crap. <laughs> and no person holding any office of the profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of Congress, except by except of any present emulification, office, or title of any kind whatsoever from any king, prince, or foreign state. So don't be taking bribes. What? I know. Damn it. How rude. Which they do all the time. <laughs> Section 10. No quid pro pro. No quid pro quo. Yeah. Section 10. No state shall... This is the last section of Article 1. Thank God. And then we have to take a break because I have to feed the dog. Okay. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of marquee and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts, Pass any bill of attainer, ex post facto law, or law impairing the obligation of contracts, or grant any title of nobility. So, limiting the state's ability to make its own money. But all coins should be gold and silver, so you know they got an amendment in that baby somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any imposits, <coughs> imposts, or duties on imports or ex exports, except what may be absolutely necessary for executing its inspection laws and the net pro pro produce of all duties and impo imposts laid by any states on imports and exports. This is a tongue-tied. Duties and imposts laid by any state on imports and exports shall be for the use of the Treasury of the United States, and all such laws shall be subject to the revision and control of the Congress. And no, shape, no state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops, or ships of war in time of peace, enter into an agreement or compact with any state, any other state or foreign power, or engage in war, unless actually invaded, or in such imminent danger as it will not admit delay. So... We can't go to war as Washington State on our own unless we are directly attacked. So I guess Hawaii, in theory, could have called up a militia and gone to war with Japan. According oh, maybe to that. that's why they had the Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> well, war of the States. Yeah. Okay. It's a new day. We're back at the Constitution. Time for the Second Amendment. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's not the Second Amendment. It's the second article of the Constitution. Oh. So, <clears throat> Article 2. And I did, I was reading this a little bit before you came over, so I have some extra information. Okay. Because Article 2 is important. All right. 
The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and, together with the vice president, chosen for the same term, be elected as follows. Each state shall appoint, in a manner as the legislature therefore may direct, a number of electors equal to the number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. So let me just pause right there. Does that make sense to you? No. That's the Electoral College. That's why we can't get rid of it so easily, because it's in the damn Constitution. Damn it. Well, they make amendments to the Constitution all the time. Let's make one. <laughs> well, yeah, there's complications to that. Anyway, but it says, but no senator or representative or person holding an office trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed an elector. So, for example, we live in Washington State. Yeah. Washington State, I just, this is what I was just looking up. Washington State has two senators, like all states, and we currently have 10 representatives in the House of Representatives. But our population increased this last census, so we get one more. So it was 12, and I think it's going to be 13. Electoral El votes? Electoral votes for our state. I thought they were only one, allowed one percentage. And House of Representatives. So currently we have 10 representatives. Which is who? So are they congressmen? Are they, what are they? They're representatives. <laughs> Meaning what? <laughs> what do they hold? Are they legislators? Are they? They are the ones that would have done the impeachment trial. I mean, not the trial, but impeaching. So Rick Larson, does that name sound familiar? Susan Del Bene? Yeah. Patty Murray? Yeah. Aren't they something other than representatives? Oh, sorry. Patty Murray must be a senator. Susan Del Bene is a representative. Uh, Pramila Jayapal. Uh -huh. Jayapal, yeah. She's a representative. Kim Schreiber. So what uh, are they just... They're nobody but representatives. They're in Congress. There's so two parts. There's two parts of Congress. Okay. There's senators and okay. there's representatives. The senators, there's a hundred senators. Right. That's it. So who's a congressman? They're all congressmen, like technically, because they're all in Congress. There's two parts of the Congress. The House of Representatives is like 200 people, and it's based on population. Right, I got that part. And there's two senators for each state. Right, I got that part. So all of them are in the Congress. They're, the whole thing is a Congress. So Dale Benny is a representative. Yes. But not a congressman. No. Maybe I need a visual here. Okay. Okay. Take these two bubbles. Yeah, yeah. The orange one is a senator. Right. There's 100 total. Yeah. Unless we add another state, there will never be more than 100. Right. Two for Washington. Yeah. The blue one is the House of Representatives. They're all representatives. So because our population is growing, we currently have 12, but I think we just gained one. Because we've got more people now. Because yeah. we keep breeding. Yeah. Both of these entities, Congress and representatives, are under one legislative branch that is the Congress. Okay. Does that make sense to you? You're giving me the look like you don't understand what I just said. Well, I understood what you just said, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm sure it does to somebody. 
but but it's not making sense representatives they don't do anything yeah they do they introduce so, bills they make laws so are they representing the people well they're all supposed to be representing the people I know what they're supposed to be but are they i don't know keep reading i want you to understand this because it's important for the electoral college well what's representatives got to do with the electoral college that's how many votes we get to have in the read that thing again okay each state will appoint a number of electors equal to the num the whole number of senators and representatives to which a state may be entitled in the Congress. So in a presidential election, we get a certain, every state gets a certain number of votes. Mm -hmm. That vote is determined by your population. Okay. So that's why California and Texas have a huge number of electoral votes because their population is enormous. Okay. Whereas North and South Dakota, they still get their two each electoral votes from their senators, but their population is pretty small, so they only get a couple more votes for their representatives based on population. So explain to me the subject we were talking about yesterday. Which thing? This one state that has all these electoral votes with no people. They don't have all, I mean, they have votes. They have what, 12 or 13 electoral votes? No, they don't have that many. We have that many. And we're pretty populous. Oh, what's the state? Carolina? South Carolina? Oh, let's look. One of them has zero population in the area that they have an electoral vote. Well, for example, Washington's population, uh, let's see, according to the 2010 census, so we haven't had our census this year yet, it's still going ongoing, our population is 6,700,000, roundabout. So that means that we get 12. West Virginia's population is only 1,800,000. Mm -hmm. So, like a third or less. Mm -hmm. And they get five votes instead of 12. All right. I'm not sure what you're talking about with the Carolinas. I don't know. It, I might be misspoken on what state it is, but I know a few times I've heard on the news during the electoral Stuff. Are you talking about the primary that's been happening? No, no. This was a few years ago. That this one state in this one county has maybe 20 people, but they have an electoral vote in that county. Okay. Now, this is different because you're talking about within a state. So. Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> the total number of electoral votes for a state it doesn't matter how many people are in each county but the the state determines how they use those electoral votes okay so this is where i think you're getting at some states and i don't remember which one i didn't look that part up some states in an electoral college use all of their votes for whoever gets the simple majority so if somebody gets 51 percent of the vote then all electoral votes go to that person so in Washington State, since we have 12, 
all 12, if we were that kind of state, Ben, get out of there. All 12 of them would go to that candidate, even though they only won 51%. But if Washington State is the kind where they split it fairly, this is what we were talking about yesterday. Mm -hmm. Then if the state chooses to split their electoral votes, which they can do, it's up to each state. Mm -hmm. Then if someone won 51% of the votes and we have 12, then one person will get seven, for example, and one person will get five or however they split mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're talking about with the counties and some, you know, we go by county and it, it really depends on how the state organizes their electoral votes. All right. Read on. Does it make sense? It does. Stupid, but it does. <laughs> so the problem, the whole thing I'm getting at here is why this is, this article two is important is because a whole bunch of people for years have been talking about getting rid of the electoral college, getting rid of the electoral college, which would mean, would mean making an amendment to get rid of the electoral college and states don't want to do that especially states with lower populations okay especially when it benefits one particular party more than the other most of the time yeah okay got it okay <clears throat> so still in article 2 section 1 the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons of whom one of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. I don't even know what that means. And they shall make a list of all the persons voted for and the number of votes for each, which list they shall sign and certify and transmit sealed. So this whole section, I'm just going to skip over this because it's all underlined, but it's basically, it's talking about how they do the electoral college. So... <clears throat> Whoever that they have determined to be the persons, the superdelegates that are the ones that are making the votes, then it's just saying how they have to actually submit their vote. Make sense? Okay. The Congress may determine the time of choosing uh, the electors and the day of which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. So that's for the president. That's why it's November 6th or whatever. Everybody gets their votes that day. No person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States shall at the time of adoption of this constitution shall be eligible for the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible for, to that office who shall not have attained the age of 35 years and between 14 years as a resident of the United States. Make sense? Yeah, but it contradicts itself because in the Article A, it did say 35 for president, mm -hmm. but it didn't say a citizen for 14. Did it say 14 years? This is the first time it's saying that for the president. This is just specifically for the president. The other ones were for representatives and senators. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. In the case of the removal of the president from office or of his death, resignation, or inability to discharge the powers and duties of the said office, the same shall devolve onto the vice president, and the Congress may by law provide for a case of removal, death, resignation, or inability, both of the president and vice president, declaring what officer shall then act as president, and such officer shall act accordingly until the disability be removed or the president, a president shall be elected. So that's the whole order of succession. Mm. It's president, vice president, speaker of the house, secretary or whatever. There's a whole line. <clears throat> okay. 
The president, no, I think I read that. No, no, I didn't. The president shall at stated times receive for his services a compensation which shall neither be increased, that's E-N, increased, nor diminished during the period for which he shall have been elected, and he shall not receive within that period any other emolument from the United States or any of them. So you get a certain fee, salary, and that's it. Yeah. The president shall at stated times receive for his service. No, I just read that. Sorry. Before he enter onto the execution of this office, he shall take the following oath or or affirmation. So it actually gives you, in Article 2, the oath you have to take, which I didn't know. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Okay. So there we go. All right. Sorry. Ben is driving me nuts, and it's just going to be how it is. I'm going to have to just ignore him because he's wanting to play right now. Section 2 of Article 2. The President shall be Commander-in-Chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states when called into the actual service of the United States. May he, if, hmm, he may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices, and he shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. So... Can't pardon himself. <laughs> right. This is interesting because, obviously, the Air Force and the Marines and the Coast Guard were not... Right. <laughs> uh... They weren't in inception yet when this was written. So it only has the Army and the Navy. What I didn't know was that it actually said that he could call up militias. Although it has to be in service of the whole entire United States. Which I would think that they would read into as National Guard at that's this point. That's what I'm thinking. Because they didn't have it then. So I'm thinking that's what it is. Right. But. And we haven't read the amendments yet. So. Maybe that's been amended to, mm. to say that. He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provided two-thirds the senators present, present concur, and he shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate and shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, consuls, judges to the Supreme Court, and all other offices of the United States, whose appointments are not therein, not herein, otherwise provided for, and which shall be established by law, but the Congress may by law vest the appointment of such inferior officers as they think proper in the president alone, in the courts of law, or in the heads of departments. The president shall have the power to fill up vacancies that may happen during recess of Senate by granting commissions which shall expire at the end of their next session. So these are pretty standard. I think we've all kind of known about this. This is <clears throat> him appointing Supreme Court justices or other judges in places that they're not voted in and ambassadors and state's department heads. And, and that's why they get grilled by Congress. Yes, that Congress has the 
uh, ability to vet them or vest as they say article two section three these are going to go a little quicker now this is the last part of the constitution there's a couple other articles but they're getting smaller section three he shall from time to time give to the congress information of the state of the union i didn't know this was part of the constitution that you had to give a state of the union i didn't either and recommend to their considerate for their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient he may on extraordinary occasions convene both houses or either of them and in the case of disagreement between them with respect to the time of adjournment he may adjourn them to such time as he thinks proper he shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers he shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission all officers of the united states so that's interesting i didn't know that the state of the union was a requirement mm -hmm. Section four, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. That's the statement that we all heard about mm. nonstop um, and how the problematic part of when this was written and now is not in today's language right. is the issue. <laughs> so maybe someday we'll get clarification on that. That's... That leaves a lot of room for interpretation, and it's literally one sentence. Yeah. So I would think that of all the things that had a longer explanation. And that's the only thing they quoted during the whole impeachment. Is because that. that's literally it. That's the yeah. whole section. Yeah, that's all there is to it. All right, Article 3, Section 1. <clears throat> Article 3 is about the judicial powers. So the Supreme Court powers and the, the whole, all the judges. Mm-hmm. The judicial powers of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the Supreme Court and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall at the times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance of office. So, they get appointed, they're all under the Supreme Court, and they get a salary. Section two, the judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under this constitution, the laws of the United States, treaties made, or which shall be made under their, their authority, to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, to all cases of admiralty and maritime ju jur jurisdiction, to controversies to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states, between a state and citizens of another state, between citizens of different states, between citizens of the same state claiming lands under grants of different states, between a state or between citizens of foreign states and citizens of government. So basically what that means is the Supreme, this is the things that the Supreme Court deals with. It has to be of a federal nature. Right. And those are just specific things. Uh, in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and councils, and those in which the state shall be a party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all other cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction. So does that make sense? Mm -mm. So what they're saying is that specifically ambassadors or ministers and councils, or if... Uh, states like such and such versus the state of those 
those courts are directly to the Supreme Court. All other cases, they are an appellate court. So it's when you make an appeal or you ask the Supreme Court to hear your case. That's because the original jurisdiction was not the Supreme Court. Make sense? So they got to go through an appellate court to get to the Supreme Court? You'd have to be in the, in the lower court unless you're an ambassador right. being charged for something. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's see. All the, all, let's see here. The trial of all crimes except in cases of impeachment shall be by jury and such trial shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed but when not committed within any state the trial shall be in place or places as Congress may by law have directed. So this is interesting because I know this must be an amendment or something because you can say, you can choose to have a jury trial or to be presided over by just the judge. Yeah. So that must be an amendment somewhere. But they say, read that again. The trial of all crimes, uh -huh. except in cases of impeachment, shall be by jury. Right. And such trial shall be held within the state where said crime has been committed. Yeah. But when not committed within any state, the trial, that's probably like, because there was only 13 colonies in the beginning. Right. So it would have been out in the United States somewhere. Out in... Out in the world. Indian savage yeah, country, Indian as, savage. as they thought. <laughs> Rude. I know. Yeah. Yeah, okay, got you. Okay. I'm glad you're remembering that this is when there was only 13 states. Right, that's what I was thinking. There's only 13 <laughs> states. So there's, there's places that were no states. Yeah. Section 3 of Article 4, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or on confession in open court. So I think it's interesting that treason has a more specific definition than impeachment. Mm -hmm. uh, reasons for impeachment. The Congress shall have the power to declare the punishment for treason, but no attainer of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person attained. Congress shall have the power, but no attainer of treason shall work corruption of the blood. I don't know what that means. Hmm. All right. Article 4. We're up to Article 4. <laughs> Section 1. Full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state. And the Congress may, by general laws, prescribe the manner in which such acts, records, and proceedings shall be proved and the effect thereof. Section 2. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. A person charged in any state with treason, felony, or crime who shall flee from justice and be found in another state shall, on demand of the executive authority of that state from which he fled, be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. No person held to service or labor in one state under the laws, therefore, escaping into another state shall, in consequence of any law regulation therein, be discharged from service or labor, but shall be delivered up on claim of the party to whom the service or labor may be due. Mm -hmm. 
So that's extradition to another state. It's, yeah, it's basically, you can't hide in another state. We are all going to. Get you. Yeah. We're going to hand you over. You can't hide. There's no non-extradition states within the states. Right. And unfortunately, it does include in there the whole part about indentured servants. And it's basically the same thing. You can't flee as an indentured servant, and they didn't specifically say it in here, but and or a slave, you'll be handed back over. New states may be admitted by the Congress into this union, but no new state shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of any other state, nor any state be formed by by the junction of two or more states or parts of states without the consent of the legislatures and the states concerned as well as of the Congress. So, just that first sentence. Separation, that's when they wanted that Texas thing or something. Was it Freedom State or something? No, that's trying to leave the entire union. Oh, that's trying to This is talking about, like, we can't make North Dakota and South Dakota one state unless everybody agrees. Oh, okay. (laughs) And we also cannot separate Western and Eastern Washington unless everybody agrees. Oh, I see. Okay. So, that's kind of what that's saying. You can't do within or without without everybody's approval. Okay. Ben is now on a leash. I'm sorry, Ben. It's just temporary. I promise. We'll get through this. I've been jailed for treason. (laughs) All right. We're down to the second part of Section 3 here. The Congress shall have power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory or property belonging to the United States, and nothing in this Constitution shall be so construed as to prejudice any claim of the United States or any particular state. Hmm. What? The Congress shall have the power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory or other property belonging to the United States. Nothing in this Constitution shall be so construed as to prejudice any claims of the United States. I don't know what they're getting at. So, I don't know. Sounds like the United States claims everything and they can do what they want with it. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) All right. Section 4, last section in Article 4. The United States shall guarantee to every state in the Union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Of course, when they say domestic violence, they mean between states. Right. So we can't go attacking Idaho. What? I know. Article 5. Only two more articles, and they're short. We're almost done with the uh, main constitution here. Thanks for hanging in. No problem. The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to the Constitution. Here we are, two amendments. Allowing amendments. Or, on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states, can call a convention of proposing amendments, which, in either case, shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution, when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states, or by conventions in three-fourths thereof, as of the... As of the one or the other mode of ratification can be proposed by the Congress, provided that no amendment which may be made prior to the year 1880, 
no, eight, 1,808, shall in any manner affect the first and fourth causes, clauses in the ninth section of the first article, that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. So. As of 1888. As of 1808. Oh, 1808. <clears throat> so, the first and fourth clauses of the ninth section of the first article. Ninth section of the first article is migration or importation of persons as any of the states shall now exist. Let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. Tax or duty, money withdrawn, no title of nobility. I don't know what this has to do with anything. It's talking about taxes. That's weird. Anyway. So basically, Article 11, no, were they Article 11? No, Article 10. 10. Yeah, so Article 10 is saying that you can have amendments, but I think that's interesting. That last little part makes me think, if I'm reading it correctly, that you can't deprive states from well I guess that's why it says without consent it sounds like it's kind of talking about the last article when you could not take away a state's rights kind of thing I'm gonna go with that all right article 11 all debts contracted and engagements entered into before the adoption of this constitution shall be as valid against the United States under this Constitution as under the Confederation. So all debts and engagements are honored before as they were. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and treaties, all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding. So right there, that's the sentence of states still have some choice and some rights to go against the federal laws. But that's a sticky wicket. Mm -hmm. The senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution, but no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. You don't have to prove that you're a certain religious faction. That's the first time that's come up, right? Yeah. And Article 7, no, Article 12, and this is the last article, this ratification of the conventions of nine states shall be sufficient for the establishment of this constitution between the states so ratifying the same. The word the, beginning interlined between the seventh and eighth lines of the first page, and the word 30 being partly written on an azure in the 15th line of the first page. The word is tried being interlined between the 32nd and 33rd lines of the first page. Wow. <laughs> And the word the being interlined between the 43rd and the 44th lines of the second page. Attest William Jackson, secretary, 
done in convention by the unanimous consent of the states pre present in the 17th day of September in the year of our Lord, 1787, uh, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 12th in witnesses, whereof we here unto, we have hereunto subscribed our names. And then George Washington is the first. Like, how the hell can you make it any more confusing than that? Well, back in the day, it probably made sense to the language that they used. Yeah. But, interesting that two times in the very last parts, they first said, what did they say? No religious test. But then they used phrases like the year of our Lord. Yeah. And neither did the Declaration of Independence nor the original Constitution have anything about church and state separation. No. It's got to be an amendment. It, it indeed must be. <laughs> so let's take a look at that. So the Bill of Rights, as we've all heard, I don't know if people actually know what the Bill of Rights is. The Bill of Rights is the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. Did you know that? No. So on September 25th, 1789, the first Congress of the United States proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution. So it's only a year after they wrote the first Constitution. <laughs> they didn't take long to change it. <laughs> the, seven... <laughs> the 1789 Joint Resolution of Congress proposed the amendments is on display in the rotunda in the National Archives Museum, in case you want to know. Mm-hmm. All right, and they were ratified by three-fourths of the state legislature on 1791. So it still took them like two years to argue these out and get them mm -hmm. in place. It still it didn't take them very long. No, it didn't take them very long to figure out the Constitution wasn't enough. Yeah. The Constitution was just a very, very basic outline. Of, oh, shit, here's what we need yeah. to make a government. And it's mostly about how to elect and determine what the government is. Right. <laughs> All right. So this is the transcription of the 1789 Joint Resolution of Congress proposing 12 amendments to the U.S. Constitution. The Congress of the United States begun and held at the city of New York on Wednesday, the 4th of March, 1789. Now the cats are going to be going crazy. I wish I had leashes for them. The conventions of a number of the states having at the time of their adopting the Constitution expressed the desire in order to prevent misconstruction or abuse of its powers that further declaratory and restrictive clauses should be added and as extending the ground of public confidence in the government will best ensure the benef beneficent ends of its institution. Makes sense? Each state wants to protect themselves. Well, that states are saying, hey, that was a great start, but we need more. Yeah. Resolved by the Senate and House of Representatives of the United States of America, in Congress assembled, two-thirds of both houses concurring, that the following articles be proposed to the legislature of the several states as amendments to the Constitution of the United States, and or any of which articles, when ratified by three-fourths of such legisl legislatures, to be valid to all intents and purposes as part of said Constitution. Articles in addition to and the amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America proposed by Congress and ratified by the legislation of the several states pursuant to the fifth article of the original Constitution. <clears throat> article the first. 
After the first enumeration, wow, why can't I say that? After the first enumeration required by the first article of the Constitution, there shall be one representative for every 30,000. So that's, the, that's how they come up with yep. the representatives. Until the number shall, be, shall amount to 100, after which the proportion shall be so regulated by Congress that there shall be not less than 100 representatives or less than one representative for every 40,000 persons until the number of representatives shall amount to 200, after which the proportion shall be so regulated by Congress, and that there shall be not less than 200 representatives, nor more than one representative for every 50,000 persons. Article the second. Now, no law bearing the com compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until the election of representatives have shall have intervened article the third congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of elect okay let me start this over because this is the uh religious freedom thing oh congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people pe to pe peacefully <sighs> Protest? No. Yes, but no. Or of the, the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It's interesting because they're saying article the whatever, but then there's amendments. Article the fourth, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the secretary of a free state, the right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So they're laying out all these articles, and then they actually make the amendments. Article the fifth, no soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. So soldiers can't just run around taking people's houses like they did back in the day. Mm -hmm. Article the sixth, the right of the people to be secure in their... Per well, that's kind of funny because they kind of took that away during the Civil War. <clears throat> the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable search and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or on affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be searched. So that's when you're talking about search warrants and how that all comes about. Although apparently it didn't matter when we were putting Japanese people right. in internment camps, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently they thought that was, uh, that was reasonable. Deep. Yeah. Article the seventh, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in the case arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in, in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject to the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb. Double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself. Pleading the fifth. We'll get to that. Nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Bullshit. Yeah. Eminent domain. 
Come on. Yeah. Article the 8th. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature of the cause of accusation, and to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have access to counsel for his defense. This is all pretty thorough, considering it was 1780-whatever. They must have had a lot going on in that year or two after the Constitution was written. (laughs) Article the Ninth, in suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. Article the Tenth, Excessive bail shall not be required. (laughs) Tell that to people of color. Nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Article the 11th. The enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Article the 12th. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. A test. So let's scroll down here. So they're just attesting. There's some names there of people. All right. So we get to the U.S. Bill of Rights, the preamble to the Bill of Rights. Congress of the United States began and held in the city of New York Wednesday the 4th of March, 1789. Uh, I think we already kind of read some of this, blah, blah, blah. Articles are, um, amendments to the original constitution. Everybody agreed and we're calling it now the bill of rights once they were put into place. Amendment one, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. So that whole people have the right to. And that's interesting that most people think the First Amendment is freedom of speech and that's it. But it's not. It's freedom of religion. Mm -hmm. It's freedom of speech. It's freedom of the press. It's the freedom to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for grievances. That's a lot to go into one amendment. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks it's only free speech. It's absolutely not. Amendment 2, which most people, you know, only say that's just the right for me to have a gun. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the secretary of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So (laughs) this is very specifically talking about militia, which we've already talked about in looking at and framing the rest of the constitution is really pointed towards a national guard situation. But it does say that you can have a militia to defend yourself. And according to people that would probably be in an actual militia, it's to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. None of that is listed here. This is all just us saying that's what it means. But that's interesting. Also, they all had muskets, so. Right. All right, read that again. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, 
the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The right of the people. Was that just the militia? So it's, it's the people. So they kind of say it backwards, but it, it basically means the people in the state have a right to keep and bear arms to in order to form a militia if needed. Is what that's saying. Although we've invented the National Guard at this point, which is to protect and defend our states. Yeah. But it's under the government. So people don't like that because, yeah. you know. The man. Because tyrannical governments. Because that's how the United States was started. Again, notwithstanding the total decimation of Native tribes that were already here. Amendment 3. <laughs> no soldier shall, in a time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in a time of war, but in a manner prescribed by law. So Amendment 3 means people can't just come in and take your damn house as a soldier. Does anybody even know what Amendment 3 is? No. No. Amendment 4. The right of the people to be secure in their homes. This is the one we're talking about where you need a warrant, you need probable cause, you have, you know, search and seizure. People can't just, the cops can't just bust down your door and steal your stuff. Right. So, everybody that's worried about people coming in and taking your guns, it's in the same articles, two down, that they can't just come in and take your guns. Mm -hmm. So... Read it. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrant shall be issue, shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the people or things to be seized. You know, so forget stop and search in New York because, yeah. you know, whatever. I guess that was reasonable. It was unconstitutional, but it was reasonable <laughs> to yeah. somebody. The Fifth Amendment. I think we all need know what the Fifth Amendment is because I take the Fifth. I plead the Fifth. Mm -hmm. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on the presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger. So just that first little part before I go on is interesting because I don't think, I don't think there's always a grand jury for capital cases. Mm -mm. I think if they have enough well, evidence, they can just take it to trial. It's well, only if they're not sure if they have if they, evidence. They take it to grand jury if they think it warrants the trial. But do they yeah, have but, to? I don't think so. Because that's what this is saying. Yeah. So maybe there's a, another amendment. I don't know. Maybe. The second part is that no person, no, nor shall any person be subject, subject. Let me start that over. Nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be put twice in jeopardy for life or limb. So that's the double jeopardy rule. Nor shall they be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself yeah. or to be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So the Fifth Amendment is not just, I don't have to talk to, I don't have to incriminate myself. Right. It's got a lot of things in there. It's got, you have to have the whole due process of a grand jury for a capital crime. Double jeopardy applies. That you don't have to talk against yourself. And that you, um, 
private property can't be taken for public use. So that really is talking about eminent domain yeah. being infringed upon. That's got to be an amendment somewhere. Uh, it's <laughs> it's got to be because that's all. If somebody doesn't like what's in the Constitution, mm -hmm. all they have to do is convince other people that they need an amendment to the Constitution and convince them that that's not right. Let's amend it so we can have what we want. Well, you'd have to convince three-fifths of the country. An amendment Do they can't have to just vote be, on an amendment, or yes. does the Congress just say, "Okay, we're going to amend the Constitution"? The Congress has to vote on it, but the entire Congress of the entire United States has to vote, not just per state. Yeah, I'm thinking that's kind of hanky. <laughs> they tried to make it a little more safe, but I don't think it really worked. <laughs> all right, Amendment Six: In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. And by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein their crime was committed. So this is all about the whole, does you have the right to an attorney. Does it say a trial, a jury of your peers? No. Well, now that I was going to skip this one over, I'll read it again, okay. even though I just read it up top. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses before them, against them, <clears throat> to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. So yes. it doesn't say... A, peer, a jury of your peers, but it does say a jury, an impartial jury in the area that you are or right. where the crime was well, committed. Well, what if you're poor and the, all the jurors are rich? Those aren't peers. It says impartial jury. Oh, come on. Impartial jury. What if they are impartial? They're just rich. I don't know where the jury of your peers comes in. It must be another amendment. Yeah, probably. They got an amendment to an amendment, so... <laughs> All right, amendment number, amendment number seven. In suits at common law, where the value of controversy shall exceed $20, which is pretty much everything nowadays, <laughs> the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of common law. So you can still have a jury trial, according to this, if anything exceeds $20. Evidently. There's probably an amendment to that. I'm sure there's an amendment to that, because $20, really? Well, back uh, there, $20 was a lot of money. Right. Amendment number eight, excessive bail shall not be required or excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. That's the one they all use for... And I'm sure there's an amendment to that one. <laughs> Especially about excessive bail. Mm. Well, again, excessive is... Subjective. Who's making that judgment? Right. Amendment number nine, the enumeration of, in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed or denied or disparaging or disparage others retained by the people. So, hmm. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Hmm. Weird. I don't know what they're trying to say there. I probably would if I thought about it more. 
And Amendment 10, the powers not delegated to the United States of the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the other states are preserved, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So if it's not something that the United States Constitution specifically laid out, then it's up to the states. Now, I'm sure in this last section, which is the amendments 11 through 27, that it's got to have something in there because I'm wondering how did we get from having federally regulated marijuana, for example, and then states being able to change their laws to say that it's not, that it's legal. Well, at one time it was legal. So was heroin. So was cocaine. They put it in all the cough syrup. So there's got to be something. I mean, they used heroin as a medication during the Civil War. Well, I'm realizing right now that that whole Constitution and First Ten Amendments took almost an hour and a half. So. <laughs> ben, should we go for a little potty break? Yeah, we're going to take a break. I'm actually going to end up making this three parts because I don't want to make people's ears bleed. So for now, this episode will end and I will start a new one with the last amendments as of 2020. <laughs> well, folks, I got to be honest. This is taking a lot longer than I planned and I hope that it's at least somewhat interesting to learn more about our government and what laws formed it. So if you have comments or questions or anything like that, please always feel free to email me at someDayDeadPC at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And I will see you next time for the very last part, I promise. Um, since this is not a governmental podcast, we're just going to finish up the last amendments of the Constitution in our last episode. Hopefully it will not be terribly long. In the meantime, look out for that virus situation. Again, wash your hands, take care of each other, don't hoard supplies, because someday we'll get there. You don't need to rush it. We'll all be dead. <laughs>